I'm just going to read something to you now, Matthew. Right. I ate too many strawberry laces this afternoon and now have a tummy ache. Yes. <laughs> so how many strawberry laces is too many strawberry laces? Well, like a pa- I ate a pack of strawberry laces. A whole thing. Are we talking like one of those ice cream tubs that newsagents buy them in wholesale, though, or like... Oh, no, no, I would say like a, a, a pack that, I don't know, um, a mum might kind of deal them out in, I don't know, three portions from that pack, maybe. Okay. What are they made out of? Strawberries? Sugar and gelatin. No, they feel waxy. Is it wrong that I prefer the taste of strawberry-flavoured sweets more to the taste of actual strawberries? Well, that will put you in the company of carp. listener to this episode 141 of the electronic wireless show i know i thought it was episode 141 last week but i miscounted the episodes uh and it is in fact 141 this week um the best narrators in game special this is rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion and i alice bell i'm joined this week by very excitingly uh, probably Stephen Fry. Hello. <laughs> that was my best attempt. That was very good. Uh, and Sean Bean. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth it, what makest thou? Right. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Is Sean so, Bean a famous so- narrator? Well, yeah. We'll get to that. All right. Look I mean, forward to that. Stephen Fry's obvious, right? He, he narrates everything. Yeah, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah. Um, for the purposes of narrator, I, basically, I came up with this theme because um, I like have been watching a lot of Arrested Development, and obviously, the narration is a big part of that. And uh, also because. Uh, the Biomutant, which came out last week, the narrator in that is used, is the only voice actor, essentially. It's quite interesting. So I thought it'd be quite topical to talk about that as well, because we're not often topical. Mm. Um, uh, but first, I did see in the Discord this week, uh, someone, because uh, we talk a lot about Matthew's food habits. Oh, really? <laughs> that's, that's nice to know that you talk about that now that I'm gone. But but I just mean on the podcast. Um, oh, I thought you meant on Discord. Sorry. No, we don't just get, get yeah, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting up these. I'm... Just to roast the way you eat your yogurt. Well, I don't know. Catherine might be slagging me off on there. Yeah, I get Catherine to text to me get, updates. To get big Discord cred. Yeah. Um, but we talk on this podcast a lot about your food habits. And I saw someone asked um, what kind of bad food opinions uh, me and Nate might have. Ooh. 
but I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't like mushrooms. They tasted the grave. That's just common sense. Yeah, that's good. Um, I only like egg if it's been smashed up. So I don't like fried or poached or boiled. I like omelets and scrambled eggs. But I think I mentioned it before. Uh, one of my favorite breakfasts to have is buttered Weetabix. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> oh, a yes. That is devilry. It's a big way to But you, Matthew, you should be in favor of that because it's... um. It's very, it's very dry. There's no glistening going on with that. The batter makes yeah. it too spicy. Yeah. I think cereal. I do, actually, I do, I do need, the, I need the glistening. Weirdly, uh, Catherine eats her cereal without milk. She, she, she does I, eat dry cereal. Dry cereal. I wouldn't. I mean, it's not the serving suggestion, but I would expect a lot of people will have. I've always liked that, like, the, that the picture of the cereal with milk being poured on it is described as a serving suggestion, <laughs> as if someone's come to this amazing conclusion and thought, oh, this will, here's a tip, here's a, ha- here's a life hack. <laughs> Milk. But yeah, I, I will have, I'll take two Weetabix and then butter the top of them and then eat them like a, like a, a hockey puck of breakfast. God. I know, yeah. I got, when I was working on games magazines, we got sent a load of, um, cereal once from this sort of i guess there was startup cereal company i've not heard of them since and it was really sugary i imagine it's stuff you probably couldn't sell now what with various restrictions in place like it was absolutely unholy um but no one ever took it home and i just had all these boxes under my desk and i just eat them like big bags of crisps um and they were so sweet so i um, you know i think that's why I, th- I think my work in those mags was better than it actually was because I was just writing everything in this sort of fug of crazy cereal sugar. Glucose of Alhalla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And Nate, do you have any, because you're just qu- sort of quite into food, so you probably have all the correct opinions on food. Well, I mean, it's a two, two-handed two sword? No, that's not the phrase. No, it is, yeah, it is a two-handed sword. Why not? Um I'm your egg ally. The, the only thing I really despise to eat is, is hard-boiled eggs, which is hilarious considering how often I talk about boiled eggs. <clears throat> I, I find them quite unpleasant. But, I mean, most things I don't like, I've just forced myself to keep eating until I tolerate them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do, I, I do just live like a beast a lot of the time, I suppose. <laughs> um, I mean, milk. I put milk on cake. Right. Love a nice slice of cake in milk. Is that is that is that real? Do- yeah. It's just like um, you know. I mean, you dunk a biscuit in some tea. It's the same logic. You, that 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 tells me your cake's not naturally moist enough that you're having to do that. That's oh no, point. it's best with a moist cake. What? Well, it's like your cream is just fat milk. Yeah. Yeah. But why? So, it's like, like that. so, so why don't you put a spoonful of cream or a scoop of ice cream on your cake? Well, I probably don't have any. They not tend to be things I have in the house, but there's always good old milk. It makes me feel like an ancient Sumerian, you know. It's <laughs> hmm. <laughs> what what it makes me think of is you know when like. 
there's a, a program about a, like a vet shelter and they take in like difficult cases and there's a cat who's, <laughs> who's like been hit by a car and has its jaw wired and stuff and they have to like smush up its food into a horrible pulp <laughs> for Pretty it to much. lick off a spoon. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, do you know actually, a uh, brief, very quick aquarium sidebar, I've got a garlic extract recently. Um, and for my fish, like the puffers that struggle to take anything but live foods, because you mm. can't always get live foods in, I mash up um, like a high-quality pellet food with this garlic extract, and they go wild for it. Mm. Fish love garlic. I, I Actually, sorry, I meant to ask, when you, when you mentioned boiled eggs there, it made me think, oh, I really like a boiled egg in chopped up in a fish pie. Um, I'm a big fan of that. And then it made me think, where do you actually stand on eating of fish? Oh, I love it. Oh, okay. I had mackerel for tea last night. Hmm. You don't think that kind of runs sort of contrary to, you know, what you're doing with your hobbies? Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, this, this will sound a bit passionless, but I mean, I'm fascinated by fish, but... I don't sort of hold them as, um, yeah, I mean, obviously it would be great if we could not consume endangered fish or like overfish commercial species and things like that. But I don't have like an inherent sanctity for the life of fish. Like, um, you know, I, I, I have drawn my, my ethical line in the sand uh, with with animal murder for for the sake of pleasure, and that I'm happy to consume meats, um, mm. and yeah, the same's true of fish. Even though I keep them, it's especially kind true of, of crustaceans. Bloody love to eat them. You got slight uh, slight wars and the carpenter energy with that. <laughs> well, no, because I'm not dressing them up like Victorian school children and then yeah, devouring. You're creating them. a safe space up. for them. Uh, yeah. I, I guess you're not. I guess you're not growing your gobies to eat them, though. Well, I don't like stick a kettle element in there and then, <laughs> you know, enjoy the resultant soup. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> like these, yeah, I remember going to um, a, a, a big grocery place in the states once, where they had a massive tank of turtles with a very unconvincing sign saying "pets only." Uh, which would have been convincing if it wasn't in the middle of the fish counter. <laughs> yeah, I did eat an axolotl once. Um, it died in the heat wave of 2003. Um, and I'd been reading a lot about how the Aztecs used to eat them as, because um, of course uh, the, the lakes around Mexico City is where they're from. And they used to make tamales out of them. I was fascinated by it. So I tried. This poor, poor animal expired in the heat because they can't take big temperatures. And uh, I decided to have a go because I was a teenager. It was all right. Well, I sort of, I'm trying to think of how to do a segue then, but I don't think I can. <laughs> well, you, you could have done an Arrested Development style narrator. It wasn't all right. Yes! Oh. Uh, yes, this week we're, we're talking about 
our favourite narrators. But for the purposes of having more to talk about, I am allowing sort of AI helpers into the fold as well. I mean, what is a narrator? Uh, hey. Um. So, uh, yeah, I just thought that'd be quite fun. And Biomutant was one of the inspirations for it, as I said, um, which is a strange, strange sort of game. Um, there's a lot about it I liked, um, but I, I felt like it just kind of tried to do too much. Um, and one of the things that is sort of both good and bad about it is that um, the narrator is kind of the only voice actor in it. Um, and uh, it means that, like the then the narrator himself does a really good job. I think he's he's quite fun. It's a named person, I think, who does quite a lot of narration for for games and things like that. But I can't remember who it is. Um, it does a really good job, but it means that also you there's no sense of individual characters because the narrator speaks for them because they're all animals and they kind of go bloom, 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 bloom. and then he's he goes um she says she thinks you should go to this bit so it's all in sort of the second person it's a bit weird um this is how i imagine nate kind of treats his fish he sees them and then applies little voiceovers and characters to them that is actually true yeah before <laughs> i boil them <laughs> sorry Alice. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but it made me think about how narrators are, um, can be, you know, when you use them, they can have a really big effect on uh, on the game in general, basically. And I think the, the narrator is good um, in Biomutant, but it just also maybe, uh, I don't know. It's kind it, of a, it, he's good, but also like maybe used in a slightly strange way. And I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like mega risky because I can remember seeing Biomutant previewing it years ago. Like it, that game's been, it feels like it's been doing the rounds for about four or five years at this point. Um, and when they first showed it off at Gamescom, yeah, it had, it had that kind of heavy narration element in place and it was so present in it. And um, I remember asking them about like, how they get the voice right or selecting that voice because it's a huge gamble because if you don't if you don't like it you're going to really really hate it and it's it's going to like um color the whole thing which has happened in some reviews some people are just like taken against that voice um i wish i could remember what insight they said into selecting that voice because that makes this anecdote a lot more powerful um (laughs) (laughs) uh, unfortunately i don't uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm basically stepping away from it. Well, someone's got to bring up Stanley Parable, right? Because that was, that was like, you know, that was the game. I mean, it, it wouldn't have made much sense without the narrator. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's making it into a feature. I suppose, like, to, to me, a narrator at its worst is doing the principle of, you know, telling rather than showing isn't it like a bad narrator can just be bad storytelling and one of my least favorite uh areas of narration are big lore dumps at the beginning of games um which you know which are often just impossible to pay attention to because they're so generic but like i suppose at its best 
a narrator uses the familiarity people have with it doing that job and subvert it and do interesting things. Uh, mm. The one I was going to bring up was Darkest Dungeon. Um, you played that one? I haven't. So the, the narrator in that is he's sort of got big Vincent Price energy. Ooh. And so it's Dungeon Crawler. You are managing a stable of heroes, which you send on Dungeon Crawls. And it's got this sort of amazing, very tonally heavy Mike Mignola artwork. Not Mike Mignola, but it's, you know, a really good pastiche of that style. Very heavy shadows. Uh, and tonally, it's very, very dark as well. Um, they're very slightly campy way. Uh, you know, it's it sort of less, it's a little bit more self-aware than something like sort of Dark Souls, but it's that level of sort of dreariness and, and horror. And you've got this narrator who just offers you sad couplets from time to time while you're on the, <laughs> the, the menu screen and you're outfitting your party. And I'll just say like, ambition has been, the death of many an adventure in these tunnels. And he just sounds really sad, and it adds to the atmosphere <laughs> fantastically. He's got quite a lot of quotable lines, too. The writing's great in that game. Hmm. But that, that doesn't actually do anything gameplay-wise. Yeah. It just... It really pumps up the atmosphere. There's, there's actually... There's, I, I, I don't know if this counts as narrator. It might be too much, like, commentator. But in a sports game, I guess... A commentator is the narrator of the, of the of the game. Um, there was a, there's quite a good GDC talk about. Uh, I don't know if it was Destiny One or Destiny Two. They're talking about, but they're basically talking about how the the narration of the multiplayer match like completely sort of changed that mode and kind of and sort of um, gave it a reason to sort of for people to keep playing. Like people weren't really clicking with it. And then they kind of introduce this this character called uh, I think he's called Lord Shax or just Shax, and like tonally he gets really pumped when you're doing well both sides, so you feel super energized, and he feel he sounds really sad when you lose. And they kind of attribute people having this kind of relationship with this sort of father figure that they kind of want to impress with kind of. You know, they didn't change much mechanically in what was happening in 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 specifically in the multiplayer mode, but just adding this voice to it kind of suddenly engaged and like motivated everyone, and kind of gave it a reason and kind of the whole mode was sort of reborn from that decision. So, a little bit of a little bit of kind of neat voice work, I think, can go quite a long way. Imagine if they'd done that with Anthem, just put in a dad you had to impress, and it would have started yeah, I, telling gangbusters. And basically, that is it. That was, I mean, that was, that was the finding of his GTC talk. Was like, if you're struggling, add like a proud dad figure who you, everyone can get like emotionally attached to, and just have him say, "Yes, you've done it." At the end <laughs> of the match, and that's really that's the key to it. And it did work because I remember, like, what little I have played of Destiny One and Two, I do remember that because it's um. It's the actor Lenny James, who's quite sort of serious, and he gets very kind of. He's like, "Oh, they're five points ahead," and you're like, <laughs> "Oh no, oh god, he's he's going to be so cross." Um, it sounds a little bit Anthony Hopkins's terrible frights. I like it. <laughs> well, they're in for a horrible shock. <laughs> uh, yeah. It made me think like. 
if you had that like more present narration through your general life, maybe you like everyone would just achieve so much more. Like if you could constantly hear your parents being like, yes, <laughs> you know, whenever you do good work, you'd be like, sorry, that's probably going a bit too deep into. No, it's no, great. No, it's very good. I like learning about your, your daddy issues. <laughs> no, I have plenty of support. I meant like just a, like a, a weird sort of, like they record a load of statements that can just sort of play to kind of like reiterate and. Well, there's uh, a great thread of tweets, isn't there? Someone like, you know, do you ever think about how, like when you're ordering fast food, like all of your ancestors who were like impoverished peasants would just be like in a massive crowd of ghosts behind you going completely mental that you're eating burgers and just being delighted. <laughs> so that I, I can't remember that. I'll dig out the thread for the show notes, but it was like they were imagining just being surrounded by like spectral Mongolian hype men at all times, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Narrator as hype man, I'm a big fan of. Yeah. I'm sure I mean to th- like think of any other examples of that because that is always fun. Was well, the classic in like Unreal Tournament and Halo where uh, multiplayer where they would just bellow increasingly unlikely permutations of the word kill on a kill streak? Yeah, multi kill, monster kill. Um, but I did, I I did want to include the kind of AI tool tippy helpers as well because I think that can often make something that's quite dry into something very fun and personality filled where it, you know in most games it's like this is how you you know build a room or do a thing um and there are some where it, it does just enliven and the whole thing it kind of work into the whole tone of the game i hate like, tutorials do you uh Mm. Yes, I yeah, but I also understand that they need to exist because otherwise I wouldn't. I'd I'd then just get cross at. (laughs) I just often find that like a an actually funny, like assistant type thing, it can be the real saving grace. I you know it will make me think ten times more warmly towards a game if they entertain me somehow during the tutorial sequence. Mm. It's really valuable. The one that I have loads of fun memories of is um, a theme park world, um, which I think came out of something else in America. Can't quite remember. Um, But it had a little kind of, um, like a little exclamation point almost, or like a little kind of alien, like I'm not sure what he was. Um, But he would turn up and, and he would be dressed kind of, appropriately to whatever he was telling you so if he was telling you about like the science stuff i think he'd have a little mustache um and uh he was just really good he was a really fun little little dude i liked him a lot sounds like a redeemable version of the microsoft paperclip yes very much like that or um there's everyone always talks about the uh computer in startopia as a a big, the original Startopia as like a, a kind of fan favourite of that game. Because, yeah, it's that's, just very good. That's the weird thing in Jurassic World Evolution in that it's, it's like Ian Malcolm, isn't it? They get told, um, um, <laughs> well, Jeff Goldblum back 
to sort of do a bit of that that business. But he's the last person who'd be encouraging and advising you to build dinosaur theme parks. <laughs> well, no, he's the- not. He's sort of negging you most of the time, isn't he? Like, oh, a, a, a giant monster with huge claws. That'll go well. Then why did they hire him to be like the advisor voice? Well, I think a little, a little thing called marketing. Surely, like a holographic Richard Attenborough would make more sense because he was like the only person who was like re- he was a big cheerleader and he would really be up for building more Jurassic Worlds and Jurassic Parks. Don't they get old Chris Pratt in on it? I forget. I swear he pops up. I'm not sure. Personally, he does. not a fan of the man, but I mean, he was at least, you know identifiably pro-dinosaur. I think there might be some Brallus dice had. I guess, I don't really know in the timeline where Jurassic World Evolution falls, but I would argue, like, there's a point in every character's lives in those films where they are really against Jurassic Parks from that point on. (laughs) Like, I don't think there's anyone, at the end of any of those films, you could point to a single character who's, like, definitely more of this. I didn't want to point out the fact you'd said Brallus Dice Howard, but <laughs> oh, did I she say is that? indeed in the game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Or at least someone doing a good impression of her. <laughs> <laughs> Brallus is a good name. <laughs> hmm. But it sounds like a sort of, uh, uh, this is my large adult son, Brallus. <laughs> 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 Come on, Jimothy, Brallis. <laughs> Time for your cake and milk. <laughs> uh... TV Topia, does that keep the fun narrator? Because I, I, I know um, you had an all right time with it, but I mm. remember when the trailer came out for it, and it had, had some pretty bad jokes in. Was the game a bit, bit, bit less bad on that front? Um, yeah, no, it was it was actually all right. It's the same sort of brand of like it's like HK forty seven, the droid in um, uh, Kotor, was basically like you know calling humans flashbacks and stuff and saying that they're rubbish at everything. Um, it is a bit different because it it's you can just sort of choose the it's a bit like Siri. You can choose the voice, so you can have like f- feminine robot or like you know computer more computery Microsoft sound voice. And the original, it was a, a male voice. I think it might even be the same dude who's in Biomutant, actually. Um, uh, so it didn't really sound like a computer, and it was much more an AI. Um, and it's very dry. So it has sort of, I think, in the in space-based utopia, managed to not become a parody of itself. Um, but it is a little bit different. But still good. Mm. Um, yeah. What do we think of a trope of little floating robots who wisecrack and have an acronym for a name? I don't know where this started. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a red rag to a ball for me. As soon as, like, you know, a little ball with a single lens for an eye Bob's interview is like, hello, <laughs> I'm P3T3R or Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Press W. Uh, just, you know, I just want to slam dunk him into a 
bloody blast furnace. Uh, I can't they, bear those. They are pretty bad. Well, because I kind people- of... I was say, I'm surprised people can do that after Portal. You would think that would have killed that dead. <laughs> now, see, I'll forgive that. And, um, you know, Guilty Spark in Halo was all right. And, I mean, Destiny had a ball as well. And that was Peter Dinklage, wasn't it? Destiny yeah, and then they replaced him with um, Nolan North. It's a genre, isn't it? Bloody yeah. wisecracking spheres. That wizard, that, is it the wizard that came from the moon? Or that wizard came from the moon? The infamous line in Destiny, it's just super, <laughs> he reads it in yeah. this like super solemn way. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is a very, this is a very serious, intense ball that's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, I remember that. Oh, oh man. <laughs> wizard came from the moon <laughs> that's real George Lucas you can type this but you can't speak it <laughs> well because I was going to say I I kind of it's not lose respect I have no respect for the advisors themselves in like city builders where you have like, I'm Brenda, I do the sewage, and then whenever there's a problem with the sewage, that, you know, Brenda pops up in her little skirt suit to give you a little tool tip about sewage. Mm. I, I, it, like, it's fine. I appreciate the effort to try and humanise my infrastructure problems, but it's Just unnecessary. Just have a big flashing turd icon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The same thing. Or an anthropomorphic turd that speaks. That'd be, yeah, a turd in a skirt suit. That would be brilliant. Now you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Called like Brallus or <laughs> Brallus the turd. <laughs> there you go. Because the turd would be more invested in what's happening in the sewage system than just some bureaucrat exactly. who, like, if they mess up in this department, they'll just get shifted somewhere else. Well, no, it'd be the Goldblum effect, though, because it would be like. Oh, uh, well, no, no, certainly nothing bad going on in the sewage system. Go, my brothers, to freedom! <laughs> yes, it's all looking pretty what? tidy down there. In fact, you might want to put less power to your water treatment but, that, but this is the thing. I don't really know what the psycholo- psychology of, of the turd is. But <laughs> does, it, does it want sewer chaos, or does it want a nice system? It wants to get to the sea. Oh my yeah, God. well, that's what you want as well. You've both got a common... Well, me in real life, or me as a theoretical player of this city build. Yeah. Yeah, you know we don't just dump raw sewage into the environment, Matthew. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, both you and the turd want the turds to leave the city. Okay, yeah. I'd say you're united in that. Yeah, but I think the turds want to do it unprocessed. They just want to ride free. Right. Organic. Yeah, we, we want to harsh their buzz and, you know, do the nitrogen I'd have, I'd have, you want more of an angel devil thing where you've got like a turd who says one thing and a fat berg that says something else. Because <laughs> the you fat can't, berg's all about like blocking it. But you can't have two advisors for every single issue that might come up in like SimCity, can you? you That's just... That's doubling the problem that's then. The, that's next gen thinking. 
That's the next generation of city builders. Is it? See, this is making me want a city builder that is entirely sewage based. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only way it would work. Is if it is if it's just you just deal with the sewage system like like mini metro, but for shit. Mm. Um, That'd be um, brill. <laughs> Stinky metro. Guys, should we should we quit and just form our own development company? I think with the number of ideas we've had, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be annihilated commercially. <laughs> but the fat, but the fatbergs talks. Oh, <laughs> Get out of my office, Castle. <laughs> yeah. Why have I said it was voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard? <laughs> <laughs> mm? Get back in my office, <laughs> castle. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, the problem is that we don't know how to do anything apart from have ideas that we think would be commercial winners. Just hire a load of students to make it. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I could do the drawings. Do the draw. That's good, yeah. I could do the motion capture for the uh, Fatberg. Oh. <laughs> How do you think a fatberg moves? <laughs> much like me. <laughs> Not <Matthew>. much. <laughs> what oh. wobbly. Right. I'm the wagging my finger at you. I have none, none of that. You could motion capture like... A, a long, slender pipe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Pipo. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't do this for a living, guys. <laughs> it was around the time that, like that. Uh, Nate pitched the character of Hypo <laughs> that the alarm bells sounded. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if the whole thing was tied together with a, with a plummy voice actor, probably Stephen Fry, I think it would be all right. Now, what has Stephen Fry narrated? Little Big Planet. Yeah, we can't talk about that. Well, that's only that, but for some reason that feels like all games to me. I don't know why. Well, he's in all the fables, isn't he? He's ca- yeah, he's a character in that. Yeah. Yeah, he's Re- Reaver. But the, the, oh, the, the fables are narrated by Zoe Wanamaker, aren't they? Yeah, they are, yeah. yeah. He narrates so much in films and stuff, it's hard to... So I'm very, I can imagine his narrating voice, but it's really hard to imagine what games it's in. Mm-hmm. Doom Eternal. Yeah. The Doom Slayer jumped off the spaceship <laughs> and rip and tore. <laughs> that would be, be good. Um, and then talking about Peter Moore new games, uh, Black and White is obviously the the kind of key example of a devil and an angel on your shoulder because you have literally a little a little oh, demon yeah. a little a little chubby little fellow well they're little AI tooltip friends aren't they oh the dungeon keeper narrator he was amazing that was actually that's two games with the word dungeon in the title that I brought up this episode with excellent narrators doing quite a similar job. Mm. Didn't he used to be a tube driver? I don't know. 
There's certainly an urban legend that the dungeon keeper narrator, who had a very deep and sinister voice, used to be a tube driver and just used to like really enjoy saying spooky things over the intercom like, as they went into tunnels and stuff. That's nice. I always like it when you're in the tube and you get like a funny driver and they say something a little bit funny and everyone sort of smiles at each other in acknowledgement of the funny driver. That's a nice feeling. They are good. They are good. Those are... I've just remembered the punchline to one. but I can't remember the setup. So just like you earlier in the the episode... I've dropped an anecdote bomb with no warhead in it. <laughs> come Don't worry. Sure. No one gets hurt from those, do they? <laughs> Unless it lands directly on you. What, okay, what's a London tube station that starts with, like, small or little? I don't know if there is. I can't think. Of- well, the punchline punch was uh, now approaching, no, 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 despite its name, it's actually massive. <laughs> I thought that was good. But yeah. Yeah. I remember. Oh, you're, you're probably thinking of Tiny Town. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, if you can reverse engineer this extremely weak story to find the setup to that punchline, you could win uh, the right to name one of my crayfish. Ooh. Blimey. Mm, not bad, eh? Our first. Competition. <laughs> uh, I think there was another game I was going to mention, but we've, men- we've mentioned probably more games this episode than we have for a long time. The show notes are just going to be a list. We've been like businessmen. Yeah. I was also going to throw in very quickly Divinity Original Sin 2 and other RPGs where you have a narrator who basically reads all the wordy bits. Um, was that one in Disco Elysium? I can't remember. Um, I don't. Well, it's voiced now, so well, they've always, did they add that because that had a that had a lot of stuff that wasn't voiced originally. Because I thought, oh man, how could they do all that? Um, and yeah. then they've now added that voice, haven't they, to to like all the stuff going on in your head? But like Divinity, yeah. I, I associate that with the very with the Stephen Fry alike of you know. Oh, there's a little ghost and he's got a nice hat on and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's obviously, it's better written than that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not an improv master. <laughs> not that, but like that. Yeah. Are you talking about Ghostus? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> he's out the keys DLC. Um, uh, um, well, we do have time for a, a quick and dirty cabin of lies. Oh yeah. Just before yeah, this is I tried to find a link for this one, but this is quite a Nate a Nate friendly cavern. And it shouldn't take ages either. Um because uh yeah, I try I don't know how I ended up at, at where we got to with this cavern. But it sort of makes sense, I think. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> let's open the door and find out. Yeah. <laughs> The cavern of life. Uh, welcome to this week's cavern, lads. Um, and uh, here we are. In it really is a cavern this week because we're in 
a fortress built by dwarves. Oh, hello. Yeah, there we go. Um, I think my thinking with this was like, Dwarf Fortress is very complicated and has lots of tall text and explanations for things, but you have to sort of outsource them and you have to watch video. Anyway, I don't know. I was like, it could use a narrator, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so Dwarf Fortress uh, was released... I think into alpha like 2006. That's right. Um, so it's had a lot of uh, patch notes over the years. Um, so I've got some patch notes here. Um, uh, and I want you to tell me that so I've got six and at least one of them isn't true. It might be one. It might be three. Could be. Um, that's. Basically, a number of these are untruths right. uh, that I've made up. And uh, I'm, I'm inspired this week by uh, I Can Hear Your Voice, a new game show uh, on Saturday nights where people look at some, the contestants look at someone and then decide if they're a good singer or not. And you don't know how many are going to be good and how many are going to be bad. It's D- okay. Don't they have to the mind to the song? There are several rounds. So the first round, they have to yoink someone out just based on what they look like and what, you know, like, oh, they're holding the microphone funny or whatever. Really? Just based Um, on that? Yeah. But your odds are quite good the first round because there are six contestants. Uh, And and you are often able to sort of tell, I think. Um, And then the second round, they, the contestants mime uh, and they're either miming to their own voice if they're a good singer or to someone else if they're a bad singer. Uh, and then you have to throw someone out uh, and then you get to interview, or you get to see uh, video packages about two of them and then you get to interview one of them. Uh, and if you pick a good singer, you win 10 grand. And if you pick a bad singer, they get to take home the 10 grand. Nice. Isn't it it's a celebrity ridiculous. that picks this? No, so it's members of the public, but they okay. are aided by Amanda Holden, Jimmy right. Carr, uh, oh, that woman who I can never remember her name. Uh, she was on Big Brother and she does a lot of like segments on morning TV. She's a really funny black woman. Uh, oh, the, the one who laughed a lot at Harrison Ford. Yeah, she's brilliant. I love her. Uh, Did, I, Alison, someone? Alison, yes. Uh, she's got a book out soon. Um, uh, and then a, a musical guest like a Ronan Keating who will then sing at the end with the person. And that's Oof, the first time you hear the words. It's good. Uh, okay. Anyway, so like that, there are six patch notes from Dwarf Fortress. Uh, and some of them are good singers and some of them are bad singers. Right. Uh, oh, sorry. While we're digressing, something's burning a hole in my mind because uh, it'll bug me forever if I don't say it. I was Sean Bean because he reads out the technology quotes in Civilization Five. There we go. <laughs> oh! <laughs> How did you not mention that until just now? <laughs> you dropped that bomb in the cabin of lies. What juicy morsel! <laughs> but now, in Sean Bean tradition, he's going to die. He's okay. been fall- crushed I've by falling out. Apropos nothing. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. We just uh, did like a hot like thirty minute bit where we talked about the games <laughs> that have narrators in. 
<laughs> okay. Anything right. else you want to get off your chest? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Zodiac Killer. Oh my god. <sighs> okay. Right. Cave. Right. Cavern. Okay. Cav. Okay. So this is from uh, 2006. Uh, made the corpses of small animals that die out of water stop teleporting. Right. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Uh, 2006, again. Added mouths. <laughs> <laughs> to what? Just says added mouths. Uh, they didn't have mouths or they've now got extra mouths well no everything got body parts at a certain point like before, I think that was after 2006 that they got mouths <laughs> god or if yes, damn. Look, 2006 added mouths uh, right. <laughs> 2005 uh, fixed bug with children shitting mules he wouldn't swear on the patch notes, and that yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that was that was one from before it was into uh, public alpha. Uh, no, no, Tarn has always been an upstanding and wholesome man. I'm going to shoot that one. We're, we're not. We haven't gone through them all yet. Oh, I thought we were like revolvering them as they came out onto the stage, like on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got a literal image of, of Ronan Keating shooting someone the second they step out. You're saying you say it best when you say nothing at all. <laughs> well, no. That was a uh, real person. That wasn't an animatronic. Uh, 2008, snakes miss unrelated snakes. Uh, it's, it, I think there was like a change around 2007. Because before they would that they would be like added or fixed, and then after that they just started saying like this thing happened. Right. Uh, it's 2010 magma crabs drown in magma. So that's something they now do, or something they've changed. I think it's something they. F I think they after like 2007 they started listing things they fixed. Right. So they didn't say fixed magma crabs drowning in magma. Right. They just put magma crabs drown in magma. So um, they shouldn't. Yeah, I guess. And they fixed that. That should be their natural habitat. Yeah. Uh, 2014, fat dwarves eating causes lag. <laughs> what? Lag to what? Oh, Game? These, I don't know. These are fiendish. These are fiendish. There's yeah, so many bloody bugs in the game as well. I couldn't have caught all of them. Oh. There was there was one I didn't put in because I knew specifically that uh, you knew what it was, which is the one where cats were dying from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> that was the best, yeah. Do you know about that one, Matthew? <laughs> no. Uh, it modelled when they walked through spilt alcohol, it, it coated their pores and then they would lick their pores to clean themselves and ingest the alcohol and die of it because they'd have so much. How the hell? Yeah. Like... Aren't we talking about fundamentally about a comma going near like the letter X? That's the visual representation. What's actually happening under the hood is why it's this dwarf fortress, baby. <laughs> That's mad. That is mad. It's great, isn't it? 
There are some of the pre-alpha ones are really good. There's another one from 2005 that says, "Cleaned up the bear situation." <laughs> <laughs> and one in 2004 made them care about clothes more. <laughs> Imagine if that was God's diary. Yeah, how do I mean, you know this stuff is happening? That's the thing. It's so. If it's so hidden, it may as well not happen, right? Well, no, because you can press K, you know, for look, uh, to investigate an object and get loads of information on it. This is why the basement of curiosity took such a long time to do, is to find out any information about anything. I had to basically go through about eight menus, but they would reveal the world to me. God. What a thing. Yeah, I just I've written I've written them down out of order, so I'll move them so they're in chronological order if you want. Oh yeah, please. All right, so yeah, so the first one then chronologically, two thousand five. Uh, God, I've got to write down every time I say this. Two thousand five, fixed bug with children shitting mules. Uh, oh, two- sorry, I didn't realize you'd have to start again. Don't worry about it. I'm not start. No, I just have to have to. Right, so we've heard I say them all, you're now telling us them all. Yeah. Ah, okay. Right, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so there's that one. Uh, 2006, made the corpses of small animals that die out of water stop teleporting. Right. Number two. Uh, number three, 2006, added mouths. <laughs> 2008, snakes miss unrelated snakes. Mm. 2010, magma crabs drown in magma. Mm. And 2014, fat dwarves eating causes lag. These all sound like Cold War coded messages, don't they? <laughs> um, I say we we revolver the the mule shitting children. Yeah, as the only one that doesn't sound like his language. Okay. Plus, yeah, I don't think that's ever happened. So I'm going to get my gun out and and go. Can I just point out that I've never said that you needed to to shoot anything and that you have <laughs> added this. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so Cabin of Lies. You've so added this murdering, murdering, yeah. murdering falsehoods. These are just patch notes. How are you going to kill them? <laughs> we will shoot anything. <laughs> right. We'll shoot anything if you put your mind to it. All right, let's just say then I've written the patch notes on a target and then the real, <laughs> yeah, ones, are, the real ones are covering some TNT, so if you shoot it, it'll explode yourself. How about that? Okay, that, but it's also a singing game show because I don't want to trash your original conceit, which was good. <laughs> I didn't, well, no, I didn't, I said it was inspired by, I didn't say that the patch notes were singing. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> do, you know, do you know, sometimes I feel like you're, you're not entirely... Paying attention when I'm setting up my cabin of life. <laughs> <laughs> Me? <laughs> I mean, he did have that. He did have that uh, Sean Bean <clears throat> megaton to unload. Yeah, that was probably playing <clears throat> on your mind. <laughs> and you did actually say there are some some bad singers among this bunch. Yeah, but that was like a metaphorical joke because obviously yeah. patch notes can't be bad singers. <laughs> well, I don't know. I thought. In my head, I imagine them as dwarves who were going to sing the patch notes in little sort of underground dirges. Oh, That's what I decided it was. All right, well, whatever. Just shoot something. 
Let's I'm shoot the shoot dwarf who sings about meals. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've got to start every time one of us swears. I have to write it down. I shouldn't have. Shouldn't have picked <laughs> that one. Uh, sorry, sorry, listener. That was a pause where I wrote down the timestamp. Uh, yeah, no, that was fake. Well done. Yes. Um, but it wasn't the language. There are a couple of others where they're swearing. Really? Yeah. Oh, crikey. That was just luck has got me this far then. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh. Next one. I think I'm going to bite the scorpion. I think the mouths is fake. Shall I, do you want a, a, a clue? Because uh, I said at the start, you don't know how many of it. There, there's one more is fake. Oh, okay. oh, only one more. Okay. Give us one quick rattle through of them again. Okay. So, oh, sorry. Knocking my desk around as well. Uh, 2006, made the corpses of small animals that die out of water stop teleporting. That one's real. That one's real. Uh, another 2006, added mouths. 2008, snakes miss unrelated snakes. 2010, uh, magma crabs drown in magma. And 2014, fat dwarves eating causes lag. <laughs> I did most of them I've done as older ones because I thought Nate had a lower chance of remembering them if I picked all the ones. The, the wording on the snakes one is too weird to be fake, I think. But that is real as well, I'm pretty sure. I haven't had it with snakes, but I've seen that issue. Um, I think it might be the fat dwarves, you know? Okay. Oh, no, you know this game. I, uh, like, I know nothing about this game at all. Um, so, Are you my hype man narrator? Yes. Okay. All right, it's Nate time to get looked out at the five different <laughs> entries and pondered them. Oh, very good. Um, so, right, so you're shooting fat dwarves eating causes lag. I am, yeah. He aimed his gun at the dwarf who was saying that fat dwarves eating causes lag. Is it a fat dwarf? Yes. It yeah. is. No, it's a resentful thin one. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, well, I'm afraid that you explode in a ball of flames. No. Yeah, that one's real. Oh. The... Oh, no. Do you want have... Sorry, the narrator wouldn't just go, oh, no. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to have one last go finding the fake? Uh, I, I think it might be magma. Magma crabs drowning magma. You did fix yeah. eight on that one quite early, didn't you? Yeah. I think that I think that one. It's it seems too clean and simple. Go yeah. on then. Go on then. Shoot it, Matthew. I aim my gun and I shoot that dwarf in the head. And you two are dead. Oh in, god, uh, damn it! Mighty explosion. It was actually snakes miss unrelated snakes. Oh. What? I can't believe I failed the dwarf fortress cavern. I feel like a priest. Yeah. He like just meekly agreed that there was a book of a book of the Bible called like Blundo. <laughs> yeah, you need to go reconsider oh. your whole life, I guess. Now, Nate. I think I do. I boil some well, fish. Let's get out of the cavern while while you're still upright and not collapsed in existential despair. Please. Right, so after a 
fun little cabin of lies and uh, remarkably on topic for the most part discussion about narrators uh, it has come time for our recommendations so every week we recommend something that is not a video game um, and Matthew would you like to go first this week? Yeah I mean it's a bit mainstream and you may have already been watching it but I'm going to recommend uh, the hit detective show Mayor of East Town starring Kate Winslet currently on now TV in the UK. I believe it's an HBO thing. Is it an HBO thing? Someone. It's on in America as well. Um, it's Kate Winslet playing a kind of grizzled detective. But what I like about it is you think it's going to be ultra miserable. And it's actually quite nice. There's some quite nice characters in it. What's, what's happened in it is really unhappy. But there are still some quite funny people in it and some little jaunty bits. There's this grandma in it and she plays Fruit Ninja on her iPad a lot. And it always plays this sort of plinky plonky comedy music whenever she's around. So it's not all just ultra sad the whole time. Oh, <laughs> it good. sounds terrible when I say it out loud, but it's it's really nice. It's got a really, really nice blend of sort of like slightly sad cop lady and um, quite nice sort of family support stuff in it. It's good. Yeah. It does. I've seen yeah a lot of people talking about it. I haven't watched any of it, actually. She vapes um, a lot in it. She's a vapor. Is that like the new grizzled cop smoking? Oh, she really like sort of because I've seen several reviews refer to like how kind of aggressively she sort of sucks at you know like you know as if it sort of shows her sort of psychological being in that she's sort of chewing away, gnawing away on this sort of vape. But uh, I don't know, just looks like a lady vaping to me. Epic Winslet. Yeah, she's good in it. She's really good in it. Okay. Um. I'm going to recommend uh, a YouTube channel. Um, it's just called Ryan Hollinger, and that's his name. Um, and he really likes horror films, and he does little mini sort of 15-minute-long uh, little essays about what the film represents or why this doesn't work and that does and stuff. It's very interesting. Um, and I I don't always agree with his analyses, but in it, I find myself disagreeing with him in quite a gentle respectful way you know because the way he does his videos are it, it's very like even though they're about horror a lot of the time quite grim horror films um it's very like clear and understated and i've been enjoying uh mm. watching a few of them recently uh, and also he too. sounds like brendy because he not just that he's from northern ireland but his his his, his intonation and like the tone of his voice reminds me a lot of Brandy. Cyber Beeb. Cyber Beeb. <laughs> uh, something Brandy has never said <laughs> and hates to hear us say. It's because. <laughs> I loved that. It's because me, Matthew, and Brandy all went to E3 the year that. Um, Gamescom. Uh, oh, it was Gamescom, it was. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. the year that. Um, Cyberpunk was giving out those little statuettes of the sexy, uh, sexy cyber babe with the the sword arms from their previews, and neither Matthew or I wanted ours. And then we invented this fantasy where like <laughs> Brendan really loved them and was like stealing them as, from other people and stuffing as many as he could like into his suitcase and, and like when he opened the wardrobe in his room like hundreds of cyber babes fell out. <laughs> uh, good that's times. creative slander <laughs> yeah. 
And it's also, yeah, it's just fun to say Cyber Babe like Brendy does. Um, <laughs> cyber Babe. Cyber Babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He got very cross about that. Um, <laughs> Nate, what have you got to recommend this week? Am I allowed to do the one plug I get to do every time I've got a new book out? Have you got a new book out? I have. I've got that. Next week. Uh, it is, it's one of my 40k ones. Um, God, you've it, written that many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 40,000 <laughs> books. That's a right, smug little laugh at your own terrible <laughs> joke, Matthew. <laughs> sorry, it's, oh, it's one of my 40,000 books. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's on pre-order tomorrow. It, <clears throat> that means it'll probably be out in, a, I think, like a week. Um, and it is called Gaskell Thracker because that is the orc who the book is about. And if you've ever been into Warhammer 40k, he's the main orc. Um, he was invented in the 80s. His name, uh, Gaskell Mag Uruk Thracker, was originally uh, a fun lo fi uh, dig at Margaret Thatcher um, because. You know, Games Workshop was a very British property in that, that sort of 2001 way um, where they like to do lots of silly references, political leaders and stuff. Um, the tone's changed a bit since then, but Gaskell's still in it. Uh, he's been, yeah, one of the big characters for ages. And I wrote a really weird biography of him uh, where he gets really depressed. Mm. Um, yeah, because I like doing odd things with other people's IP. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I really like this one, actually. It's a, like, it was great fun to write, and it's a beautiful edition as well. So if you're remotely interested in orcs, uh, yeah, have a go. All right. Lovely stuff. Um, well, until then, dear reader, until next week, dear listener, Verbs. Um, uh, this has been, I'm trying to remember what episode it was. So I know I got the note. Oh, it's 141 because I got it wrong last week. Episode 141 of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast that you need, in my opinion. Uh, remember to check out Rock Paper Shotgun on all your social medias. So, um, well, I say all, just Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Um, we're not on TikTok and I don't expect we shall be anytime soon. Uh, do consider joining the Discord where you can hang out and chat not only about the podcast but about all kinds of game and game adjacent things uh, and uh, remember to check out our sister podcasts uh, Ultimate Audio Bang and the PC Gaming Week Spot um, I think that's everything normally what I do isn't it yeah um, so thank you very much for listening and until next week it's goodbye from me Alice Bell it is goodbye from <laughs> Goodbye from. Oh my goodness. We've had so many celebrities on recently. It's goodbye from probably Stephen Fry. Goodbye. <laughs> and it's goodbye from Sean Bean. Ta ta. Mm-hmm.